Okay, thanks for listening to another episode of The Locker Room here on Indie Live Radio on a Friday night. And also, as you may have heard in the last few weeks, we're not doing the usual Friday night show, looking at the weekend sports. We're looking at um, a particular uh, angle of sport. And this week, we are joined by the Chief Executive of uh, Stockies Disability Sport, Gavin McLeod. Hi, Gavin. Hi there, Michael. How are you? Great to be yeah. here. Yeah, not bad. Thanks for, thanks for coming along. Well, on Zoom anyway. No, uh, virtually, yeah. virtually delighted to be here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I know that there's so many times that I wave at the, the, the PC, you know, as in hello and bye-bye and shaking <laughs> people's hands, you know. But, Indeed. Yeah, so, so Gavin, just um, give us a wee insight into Disability Sports Scotland and um, hopefully a lot of people listening to this would know what um, SDS is, but if, if they don't, give us a wee kind of insight into, into what, what you do and what you can offer. Yeah, no problem. Um, right. Well, Scottish Disability Sport is the is the recognised governing body in Scotland for uh, for sport for people with a disability. Um, we are a, a pan disability and multi sport uh, organisation. So we work um, with uh, people with physical, sensory, and, and learning disabilities, um, and we work across uh, a number of different sports and and work very closely with the, the Scottish mainstream governing bodies of sport. So at the moment, we're working with 37 uh, of the, the Scottish governing bodies, probably more actually, Michael, to be honest, but that's the ones that we're, we're doing significant work with, just around embedding inclusion within the work that they do in terms of their club development programmes, their coaching education programmes, performance programme, just making sure that, um, you know, the, the needs of of disabled participants and, and athletes are, are embedded within the work that they do as well. And then at a local level, um, you know, in terms of engagement and, and local participation, uh, we have uh, 13 local branches across the country, all the way from the Highlands and, and soon to be hopefully up in Shetland as well, all the way down to sort of Dumfries and Galloway and the borders. So those, those are local development groups as such that look at um, engaging and encouraging uh, people with disabilities at a local level to be more active and to become involved in sport ultimately. Uh, and then we've got a team of regional managers that work with those branches and, and local providers to, uh, such as local authorities, leisure trusts, clubs, partners in, in the area, uh, you know, to help those athletes if, if they have the, the desire to progress in their chosen sport and hopefully one day represent Scotland or, or Great Britain. Have you, obviously I've known you for many, many years now, Gavin, as well, but ha, when you come into Disability Sports Scotland, um, have you actually saw the organisation and, you know, the people taking in disability sport as, getting, as, increase, as increasing the numbers are getting bigger? Yeah, I, I think, you know, as you say, Michael, it's been 20 odd years I've been involved uh, with Scottish Disability Sports, so it's, it's, it's been a good number of years. S certainly what we have seen is, is the, is, it, yeah, the numbers have definitely increased and what's, what's increased even more, I think, is the options that are available. 
Uh, now, in terms of uh, the, the range of sports and uh, the opportunities to, to progress to, to the highest level within those sports. So, uh, yeah, the inclusion agenda is, is, has, has been really high on, on, on Government Sports Scotland's uh, list of priorities uh, in recent years. So, you know, that's really benefited and, and you know, hosting the, the Paralympic Games in 2012 and to a degree the Commonwealth Games in 2014 in Glasgow. You know, of which were fully inclusive games that really helped to uh, to show showcase disability sports and and uh, you know the professionalism of the athletes and and what inclusion really looked like. So, you, you know, since since that point, it's really rocketed. And as I say, we're working with thirty seven governing bodies. I think when I started, we were working with about six. Um, so it just shows that that inclusion agenda. You know, people are thinking much more inclusively and um, are, are, are offering much more in terms of the their own sports. Do, do you think as well that um, there's more kind of the awareness raising has to be done um, about disability sport or do you think it's at a good level at the moment? No, it's one of those things, Michael, you know, I don't think you ever stand still. I think I think you can always do more. Um, but undoubtedly, you know, uh, the profile of, of disability sport is, is higher than it's ever been. You know, the... Uh, you'll have seen it yourself. The profile of the Paralympic Games, for example, um, it was very much a second fiddle to the to the to the Olympic Games. If you go back a number of years, but now it's 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 a major sporting event in its own right. Um, you know that attracts you know full stadiums um, uh, straight after the of, after the Olympic Games. And, and if you look at the profile of um, you know high performance para athletes. Uh, both both in the media on TV but also in sort of wider society you know you see them on game shows and reality shows you know athletes turn out that you would never have seen that um, you know 20 years ago um, so, so the profile um, and the, the sort of the, the equitable uh, approach uh, and drive for di diversity you know right across media particularly has has really helped to increase the profile yeah I was going to say um, every time that I go to a meeting or you know, whatever else I've been kind of like interviewed by any uh, any other kind of like journalist. I always make a point about the 2012 Paralympics in London because personally speaking, I think that was a big movement in terms of um, para sports, but disability um, overall because it's, I mean you you watch that you watch that kind of um, you saw the you, you watch the Paralympics and you forget that the the people's got a disability it, it, it really becomes second nature and that's really what it should be about. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I was fortunate enough to be able to to be down at London for you know for the duration of the games and it, it was a spectacle. You know, it it was a sporting spectacle and uh, um, the, you know the inclusion element throughout you know the, the whole uh, the Olympic Park in London and uh, just the way that uh, the crowd mixed and the number of uh, people with disabilities that were there spectating it, it was a pure it was a, a truly inclusive feel to those games and uh, you know it was a real feel-good factor and, and it certainly propelled uh, you know para sport uh, to a different level no doubt about that at all. Uh, and some of the performances were, you know, they were mind blowing in, ter in terms of the, the quality and uh, the, the, the excellence in terms of the, the, the performances of the athletes during the games. I think 
I think that the only thing that we're getting a read about them now, I don't know if like you share my concerns about um you only see Paralympics on the telly for um you know like four times um every four years. But obviously as you know, well not at the moment because of COVID, but as you know that there's a disability sporting event on every single day or every single weekend and it's not been highlighted. I think the only one I saw on TV was come back years ago um, was wheelchair rugby, and and that was I think that was on ITV four or whatever at the time. But do you not really get annoyed about um, you know there the should be more disability sport or um, sort of para sports on the TV? Yeah, again, Michael, I think it's the same thing. I, th I think we, more can always be done. But I have to say, you know, broadcasters like like Channel 4 uh, have done a phenomenal amount to uh, to, to profile a parasport and, and not just from televising. They, they, they've actually televised a lot of, of parasport events uh, throughout the year. You know, yeah, you get the you get the summer uh, Paralympic Games, you get the winter Paralympic Games. You know, every two years, you do get a major event. But in between, you know, broadcasters like Channel Four have been really good in terms of you know the the IPC Swimming Championships, Athletics Championships. You know, some of the, some of those events have also appeared uh, on on broadcasters like Channel Four. So um, yeah, I, th I think I, I think we I think we could always do more. I think it, you know we could get more. But then you know we we have this discussion you know as as sports in Scotland all the time, and you know a lot of the sports uh, have got the same feeling that that there could be much more media coverage of their sport. You know, uh, how much uh, how much shinty, how much volleyball, how much basketball, how much. Uh, you know how, how many of these sports do you actually see televised? You don't um, see them at all. So I don't think it's I don't think it's unique to to para sport as a, as an issue, mm -hmm. Michael. To be honest, I think it's uh, it's probably uh, unique to to sport, uh, with the exception of the big sports like football, rugby, you know, in England, cricket, uh, you know, golf, perhaps tennis. Now and again, you know these big sports that attract the, the, the big coverage. So, you know, that there are a number, you know, a large number of other sports that, that feel they, they could do with more coverage as well. Do, do you feel, though, that if people obviously want to get into disability sport and not very sure about it, and then they come and they get more coiskins through participating in sports? Because, as you know, sport really... Can I, well, at the moment as well, it really kind of helps your mental health in a way, but also you can make you can make new people, new pals, or you know whatever for the sports flights of football, or swimming, or, or running. Yeah, yeah, you're spot on. The, the power of sport is is immense, uh, and it's you know for 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 people with disability you can argue that it's 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 even more impactful in terms of changing lives um and and you know uh, from experience and and you'll know many of the the young athletes that you grew up with in terms of you know the impact that being active and and being you know um you know physically involved and and uh, socially interactive through their sport you know the impact that it had on their lives you know we, we we could could sit here all night and tell you stories about you know athletes who have had their their lives turned around through sport and you know there there are some athletes that, that are probably still with us today because of their involvement in sport um and, and as you said you know during the covid lockdown um 
you know, for many of the athletes that we work with, they, they've, you know, they've been shielding because of their impairment or their condition or the underlying health condition. So, you know, it's, it's been, it's been a tough, what, 14, 15 months now um, into, in terms of, um, you know, social isolation, um, you know, just lack of confidence. Um, you know, we're really worried that we'll lose some of those athletes that we had previously just because they're now, They've got out of the the habit of of being physically active and and taking part in sport, or, or maybe have lost the confidence in themselves, or um, or maybe even the you know the club or the session that they were going to is is no longer viable. And so there's there's loads of concerns there about going back. But you know that we we've got so many that are just itching to get back to their sport and to you know seeing their friends again and and meeting people and uh, you know getting physically fit and mentally fit. So. Yeah, the, the benefits the benefits uh, are absolutely you know physically, socially, psychologically are absolutely massive. I take it, I take it well, maybe it's a bit harder to ask you this question, but I take it some of your funding would be they like, affected by by it because of like COVID as well. Yeah, yeah, and uh, undoubtedly, um, you know, we're we're very fortunate that um, you know, as a governing body, we uh, receive funding via the uh, via Sports Scotland from the from the government and from lotteries. So, you know, a co the core of our funding um, it hasn't been affected uh, because Sports Scotland have been have been fantastic in terms of supporting the governing bodies uh, through the lockdown period. Um, but you know, we also rely very heavily on um, you, you know grants and and sponsors and and donations. Uh, the same as most most charities because we are a charity as well uh, rely and and yeah they, you know they've all been hit as well you know um, companies have been hit uh, other charities have been hit um, and you know the opportunities to to raise money um, you know sponsorship events and things have, haven't been there so yeah it's 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 been it's 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 had it's had an impact but uh, you know we'll rally we'll we'll come back stronger. And um, we'll still be able to offer the the, the range of opportunities that uh, that we offered previously. Are you um, obviously um, you're you're working with so many different local authorities at the moment? But are you still kind of like uh, getting the word out there about what you can offer in terms of disability sport, like all over Scotland, get uh, different uh, councils as well. Yeah, 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 and, and the the work of the local authorities has become a, a massive part of what we do. Um, just uh, you know, working with our branches and with them as partners, just to offer those opportunities at a local level. Uh, and again, you know, they they've increased significantly in 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 recent years in terms of what what's available at a at a local level. It's it's been a really tough time for local authorities and leisure trusts throughout lockdown. Um, and there, there, some of them are, are still emerging out of that, and and the impact that that they've had, you know, through furlough and through loss of funding and, and everything else. So it's it, it's been a difficult, difficult period. But uh, you know what we're doing is engaging with them proactively to uh, to try and ensure that um, the opportunities that were there before lockdown, you know, continue afterwards. And uh, you know, as you say more than ever trying to communicate those opportunities out there because there are still far too many uh, individuals that we come across that say oh we didn't know that you existed and we didn't know that these opportunities were here you know in this day and age we should be able to get that message out you know the message should be that sport is for everyone you know it, it's the opportunities are there for everyone um, and you know perhaps we all just need to be a bit smarter to 
to get those messages. And you've know, been on shows like this, you know, hopefully we'll reach people that we perhaps hadn't reached before. And, um, you know, they may know somebody who would benefit from, you know, being more physically active if they've got an impairment or, or a condition or a disability of some sort. Do you think as well that if an organisation, um, do you think if an organisation like Disability Sports Scotland wasn't about, then people will get the struggle to get into sports? Yeah, it's 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 a it's a good question, Michael. We, we've had the, the the conversation, you know, within Scottish Disability Sport just around, uh, you know, we we would want to work to a point where we don't exist. Um, that there's no need for us as an organisation because sport and society is fully inclusive. Now, you know, I think that's utopia. Uh, I think we're, we're a long way away from it. Um, we've just launched our new strategic plan. And as part of the consultation for that, uh, we spoke to sort of, I think it was 320 individuals and 140 organisations. And we asked exactly that question, you know, where do you think we are on that journey to full inclusion? And nobody felt that we were anywhere close to the end of that journey you know we were still we were still somewhere on that road uh, so we've got a long we've got a long way to go will we ever get to that point uh, i would like to think at some some point we will but you know i, I think we, we always need somebody there that's an expert resource that's got experience that's got confidence and can support um but more and more, you know, we, we're handing we're handing the responsibility for delivery across to the sports themselves. You know, as I said said a few times now, we're working with thirty seven governing bodies of sport, and more and more they're taking the responsibility within their own sports for for including disabled participants and athletes. So, um, you know, we, as I say, that journey is is starting, but we still got a long way to go. Come back over for a minute, Gavin. The you you. We kind of touch upon people's confidence, but would you say that um, you would have to kind of like support people by going out again to participate in sports, especially the one, especially the athletes that are shielding at the moment? Yeah, we, we've 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 been supporting from day one, uh, Michael. Um, we, we moved as much of our, of our activity that we could uh, online. Uh, through Zoom and Teams, so now you, you you can't you can't move everything online, but you know we have run things like bocce competitions, uh, uh, pentathlons, uh, indoor indoor sports hall, uh, all online uh, by setting activities and people you know being able to do those activities themselves. We've done lots of work in terms of engagement and just keeping people socialising online. So we've done yoga, we've done. Pilates, we've done chair-based exercises, we've done quizzes, we've done, you name it, we've done it. We've done a lot of work with uh, the SAMH, the Scottish Association for Mental Health, um, just really to help those that were coming onto those programmes, just to be aware of, of their own mental health and, and how they were feeling and, you know, uh, just supporting them through that lockdown period. So, you know, we, we've done as much as, as we as we feel we possibly could, you know, throughout that time. And as well, you know, our, our, our regional managers and um, and staff have been, uh, you know, picking up the phone, one to one contact, um, you know, just checking in with people, making sure they're okay, uh, just having that 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 regular um, update. Um, in terms of their welfare, so you know we, we've done we've done an incredible amount of work just just to keep that engagement. Um, have we been able to reach everybody? Probably not, because there, are, as you know, there are 
thousands of thousands of athletes out there. But uh, what we're starting to see now, uh, thankfully, is is some activity start to reemerge at the the back end. Our, our West of Scotland swimming squad went back in the pool last week, um, and that's what I've seen earlier. Our, our cerebral palsy football squad will be will be back next month as well. You know, there's watch activity starting to starting to to get back on the ground as well. Um, and you know, across the country, it'll it'll start to to open up more and more as as the, the restrictions ease. Yeah, you mentioned about some kind of sports that has been affected by the the COVID, but tell us about um, how has um, Scottish disability sport as a whole, uh, your kind of like organisation or charity been like, affected by, by this pandemic? Uh, I think like everybody else, it's, we've been affected at, at, at every single level. Um, uh, that you can imagine, uh, Michael. You know, we, we have a well, an events, a comprehensive events program that we run throughout the year. You know, twenty two national championships in in a wide variety of sports. We run engagement days, para sport days. Um, you, you know, it's 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 there's something on virtually every weekend, as you as you know from experience. You know, not, none of that was able to continue. Uh, just simply because of of the restrictions, so so the impact has has been has been huge from that point of view. You know, uh, obviously like everybody else, our office accommodation closed, and we we've all been working from home now for what is it fourteen months, um, and had to adapt to to that and using Teams and Zoom and things that we never thought, or you know, certainly I was never never used to using before, and we've all become quite adapted to that now. And, you know, I think it'll change it'll change the way that we work. Uh, it'll change the way that uh, that we operate, uh, sort of at a local and a national level, um, because now you know we're able to, it, we've proved we're able to do things online and you know things like education and training. Um, you know a lot of our education and training program, I suspect, will continue as a, as an online option and online delivery, um, and elements will, will will continue because you still have to have that face to face in terms of uh, providing disability inclusion training. But you know you can do so much more uh, online. Uh, with prior learning and and then some some um, some screen time delivery as well. So, uh, you know, I, I think undoubtedly it's had a big impact. Uh, I think there's been a lot of learning, and it'll it'll probably change the way that I think everybody, uh, including us, works moving forward. And I, I, I get on to ask a, a question because I, I go along to a lot of Scottish government. Uh, kind of like cross party group meetings and I've seen you there um at disability sport um disability cross party groups. So just give give us a wee insight into what kind of work that you do with the, the Scottish government. Is it about awareness raising or is it funding or is it a number of different kind of avenues? Yeah, well, the, the the funding piece I covered earlier. Um, we we obviously are a, are a governing body of sport and receive our, our investment from Sport Scotland, which ultimately you know emanates from from the the Scottish government. So you know that link is there is there clearly. But we do a lot of work in terms of influencing. Um, you know, loads of different organisations, including the Scottish government. And yeah, you know, we we've presented. Um, at the, a number of the cross-party groups uh, within the within the the Scottish uh, Scottish Parliament, so the cross-party group on disability, cross-party group on sport, on volunteering, um, we did one last year with one of our athletes um, on the, the cross-party group for for 
or deafness as well. So, you, you know, we, we're doing that. We're also speaking, we speak regularly with um, uh, the staff at Active Scotland uh, within the government. Um, uh, just, just again around influencing and, and ensuring that they're aware of the some of the unique uh, challenges that uh, affect uh, disability sport. The you know, you know some of the obvious ones around physical access, but uh, you know there are there are other uh, impacts on dis- on people with disabilities. Uh, you know, that recent research has told us that you know almost fifty percent of people living in poverty. Um, families contain a person with a disability. And, and then another piece of research told us that 48% of people questioned, people with a disability questioned, were, were fearful of becoming more physically active because of a potential negative impact on their benefits. So, you know, these, these are wider societal challenges that we have that, that perhaps, um, uh, you know, mainstream sport doesn't have. Um, so those are the sort of things that we we have to keep at the forefront of people's mind because you know we're, we're reaching into uh, in, into 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 other areas other other sectors of life um, you know education um, you know we still hear of, mm-hmm. of young people not receiving uh, quality uh, physical education experiences or, or after school experiences you know within health we're doing we're doing um, some work in, in Tayside at the moment with NHS Tayside around. It's called Get Out, Get Active, and it's about engaging uh, the least active people uh, in the communities in Tayside and, and trying to entice them to become more physically active. So really low level stuff, but looking at referrals from um, uh, from uh, clinical staff within NHS into physical activity programs, so the preventative health agenda. So, you know, the, it's, it's really, really wide. We're, we're working with, I think it's... I can't remember, 15 uh, tertiary education establishments in, in Scotland in terms of embedding inclusion training within the, uh, uh, within the curriculum, within those colleges and universities. And we're, we're delivering that to every uh, PE student in Scotland at the moment as well, just to prepare them for coming out of, of um, the education, tertiary education environment and, and into a work environment with some tools to, to practically include so you know it's 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 a really wide remit um but government back to where we started government is key to that because you know as you know they they set policy they set budgets and uh, um fortunately the the equality diversity and inclusion agenda is 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 a priority uh, for the scottish government uh, and with sports scotland so uh, long may that continue uh, gives a couple of questions just fun this up gavin but I wanted to ask if, if I had to come back to interview you, hopefully face to face in two or three years, where would you like to see disability sport um, moving in that time? Because I feel as though it's on the rise, uh, you know, but obviously I think we'd be still need to do a bit more work about raising uh, awareness and all that. So where, where would you like to, to see it? Yeah, that's it's, it's, it. I think what I would like to see us is is further up that road along that that journey that I talked about earlier, uh, Michael. It's 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 one of those things you know we would always want that journey to to get there a bit quicker. Um, but you know the reality is that we we have to go at the pace that other people want to travel at. Um, so uh, I would like to see us significantly further. I'd like to see us working with with more sports, with more sports having inclusion embedded. Um, I would like to think that you know we talked about the the profile. I would like to think that that's almost a, a given 
I'd like to think that we were reaching more people um, and that we were maybe at a stage where we were hearing the, the comment about oh, we didn't know you exist a, a lot less because our, mm -hmm. our communication was better. Um, I, and I'd just like to like to think that, um, uh, you know, we'd, we'd continue the success that we've had. I'd like to think that we had maybe stronger and, and more branches across the country, you know, operating at a local level with stronger links uh, to, to local authorities and leisure trusts and local clubs. Uh, and just that the infrastructure was was more robust. Um, and then I'd be I'd be a, a happier man if that was the case. Um, so, what would you like to say to anyone you're listening to this that um, thinking about going to um, para sports, like could be football or swimming or whatever, but not really convinced, maybe maybe convinced is not the right word to use, but maybe unsure about taking part, what, what would you say to, to, to sell them? <laughs> getting to just a key spot. I, I would just like to sort of um, in, encourage and and um, and reinforce you know what, what they're feeling. You know, I, I think you know, sport is sport is quite fearful for people. You know, pe people think of sport as being highly competitive, highly organised. Um, you know, organised groups, uh, people that know each other. There is something out there for everyone, and and. You know, when we, we don't, we focus on the ability of the individual. We don't, we have to consider their, their disability and their impairment. Don't get me wrong, we have to do that. But it's really about the ability of the individual. And you know, there are options out there from walking groups, you know, low, low impact, really social, uh, you know, activity and a cup of tea. For me, that's the key. You know, start, start at that local physical activity level and then just see how you go and build up from there there are people out there that are, can be supportive and, and can help you uh, in terms of that engagement and maintaining your involvement uh, you know the, the infrastructure is is huge in terms of the support that's out there and there is something for everybody as i said the options are absolutely huge out there michael um and, and more and more sports clubs are, are really open and and uh, um, uh, welcoming and accessible uh, for participants with a disability, so uh, you know there the, the really there aren't any excuses. If you're thinking about it, then that's the first step. Uh, you've overcome the biggest challenge just by thinking about mm -hmm. it. The next step is pick up the phone, speak to somebody, and, and, and just get a wee bit of support in terms of making that transition. Okay. Thanks, Kevin. No problem.